0: hello i'm greg howard jr and this is don't make this weird the podcast each week i invite a special guest to talk about their life news politics and anything else that may come up head over to the patreon where you'll get the random questions game a secret from my guest you get some merch for being a loyal patron and and you get this uh whole episode uncut and without this bit about joining the patreon so head over to patreon.com forward slash spring break 83 productions to join now
1: My guest this week is the host of the Black Tuesday podcast. T. Biggs is here. Okay, so you have a podcast called the Black Tuesday podcast. And for everybody who's listening, um, if you hate my podcast, it is this gentleman's fault because he was the one that told me to do it. Um. So tell everybody about kind of how you got started podcasting.
2: It's funny where we look into it and I was a guest on a couple podcasts a couple of years ago. Like, Oh, you know, you have an interesting voice and kind of cause I don't sugarcoat things. If you want things sugarcoated, take your ass to Dunkin' Donuts. Like I'm not really <laughs> here for like flowery phrase or like telling people that they're great when they're kind of a dumpster fire. And our podcast, my podcast started out as an Oakland Raiders podcast, like football. But then I saw there's a million football podcasts, a million. No one, I mean, yes, my opinion may be different, but so then when social issues became in the forefront and I've always been socially conscious and political and I was like, you know what? I tried to blend the two, but then it just became, you know what? Like life has dealt me this great hand and I'm going to try to reach folks like it's unvarnished where a lot of podcasts try to be the Chili's, the Applebee's, the franchise. They all want to be Mark Maron or Joe Rogan with a little hole in the wall place. that give you good food, good beer, good music. Bathroom is clean, which is rare, but it's, <laughs> we give you what you need. And it, it you leave either smarter or thinking or, trying to find an answer and that's what we do
1: now you're the podcast is brilliant and i'm not just saying that because i've been on it several times um it's it's a podcast that i listen to you know because you have you have this gift of pulling in guests with a variety of opinions and you know like you said um you know after every episode i'm sitting there going damn okay all right so i appreciate that i again thank you for having me on your podcast as many times as you have i i appreciate that a whole lot
2: Man, listen, you are family. I mean, <laughs> come on now, bro. I mean, you're family. You're one of the best folks out there producing quality social media content. You're just not out there dancing on TikTok, acting a fool. But it's more of like we learn. And I learn by looking at your content, watching your podcast, listening to it. it. It is quality. And I... Like I said, like my thing is this, when my podcast is this, it is never, my podcast, never about me. It's about the folks I talk to. Like I make the food, like everyone eats. I eat after everyone eats. It's just more of like making sure that folks know that it's not just the formal, I'm gonna sit there and talk. No, it's grab a drink, grab a plate. There's a chair in the backyard, everyone chilling. Just, (laughs) it's what we do
1: so i want to talk about um we know each other from twitter um Mm -hmm. it's it's a wild place to be sometimes um so yesterday or the day before um two of the more outspoken women in the republican party um started started a little a little twitter beef um and I'm talking about Caitlyn Jenner and Marjorie Taylor Green, the Barry's bootcamp queen. Um, what's <laughs> uh, what's what's your take on this?
2: They're each trying to carve out their specific niche within the Republican Party. And I think that one is going the old school white supremacist left, uh, white supremacist route which is way to the right. And one is going the trying to pan it. They're both trying to pan the Trump space, but in different ways. And when I look at Caitlyn Jenner, one of the things that annoys me most, not just her politics, but some on our side of the aisle, dead name her, they misgender her. And as a straight dude, this may not be my lane. You can tell me to shut the hell up, but it offends me because... Folks need to focus on her politics. Folks need to focus on things that she says, her actions, the support of Trump. And too many Democrats are real good with just, you know, slurring her. I'm like, I'm not slurring her. I, I you, you know, not slurring her? Her politics are trash. She's an awful human being because of her politics. Everything else one not my business and two never will be my role that's not how we get down like it's 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 awkward and it's it's tacky and i think that so many straight folks on our side of aisle they habitually line step because what if it was terrence williams who's black would they call him a house you know what would they call him well, they slur him that way. Same side of the street, same neighborhood, and when we criticize Caitlyn Jenner, okay, we straight folks, just we got to do better than this. But when it comes to politics, Marjorie Greene, it is kind of disgusting. You have two women who operate under the office, auspices of a party that hates women, hates them, and. A party that hates the LGBTQ plus community too, hates that community, hates marginalized communities. And women are in the marginalized community, being in the LGBTQ plus community is also marginalized. You're running within a party that hates you. And I'll never understand that.
1: Well, and it's interesting because this this whole thing comes very much on the heels of Caitlyn Jenner made an appearance at um, CPAC in Dallas the other day and she was literally chased from the building like I watched the video she was chased from the building they were calling her you know everything but her name and you know it's I don't for me personally I couldn't ever continue to pander or continue to try to um, represent members of a party who did that to me when you're supposed to share their political ideology.
2: And that's, that's where it is, where <laughs> she has forfeited that part of her moral humanity. Like you know, wants to be in politics, sort of put it back, so to the point where, you know, in some of these donor meetings, there are the little jokes, the little snide comments that, that she probably <laughs> at, but it's demeaning her. It's not just demeaning her, but it's meant people in her community. There are people in that community. Like I said, I'm I'm speaking solely from the outside. So correct me if I'm wrong, my man. But there are people in that community who struggle suffer at the hands of bigotry every single day and for her to sit there and just brush off the little comments it minimizes them it hurts because they didn't as a straight guy being I've always been taught you're born straight you're born gay you don't become it you are it like the moment that via c-section via old school this is how you are and my grandma always said, when my cousin came out, she asked him one question. Are you hungry? Did you have a plate? Which means she, that's, still her, that's still her grandchild. She loves him unconditionally. And I think that for somebody to work for a party that doesn't love unconditionally, I can't make those moral gymnastics. I can't do that moralistic bending of my soul because it's not right.
1: Yeah. And like, I've always, I've always been the type that when, you know, no matter who it is, if you allow for someone to make um, microaggressions toward a marginalized community, you are just as guilty of that as the person who made that joke or made that statement.
2: I agree. It's, it's more of like, cause I've been in places where being a black dude, you see people make little smart comments and you give them that side look like no, mm-mm. like, but they'll be quick to say, well, my friend or my neighbor or my girlfriend or my girlfriend's cousin's brother or girlfriend's cousin's boyfriend or some nonsense, is okay with it i'm not him we're not gonna sit there and be haha with the jokes that slur people based on ethnicity gender orientation anything nothing Mm -mm. nah that's not how we get down
1: and see i and this is not just a right side of the aisle problem there are there are many who are you know supposedly batting for our team who tokenize people in that way, and it's like that's that's not it.
2: Like that's, oh, bro. It is like I think I told you when you visited pie one time about twenty years ago. It was two thousand one. You know, young, thinking I'm fly. Had a had a blind date with his girl named Kelly. Kelly was fine as a day as long. Good lord. Um, but. We're sitting here and she mentions that she has a lot of gay friends. I'm like, okay, that's cool. I mean, I, I don't really, but then she used that term, six letters, two words, begins with an H, the second, and they, both of the words end, end with a G and they rhyme. And I sat there, I'm like, oh no. I just remember paying the bill immediately and said, you know what? I don't think this is going to work out. She looked at me and she said, why? I'm like, I don't like that word. And do your, do your gay friends know you talking that way? Oh, I, and it, it bothered me some the fact that she was so free with that word. Like if we had dated and things went right, would she be okay with somebody calling her an end lover? Exactly. Same road, same neighborhood, same street, bruh. And I just, nah, like she was fine, but I had to let her go I'm immediately <laughs> on the spot. <laughs>
1: So while while we are on the topic of politics, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump around in the format a little bit. Um, right. I've got um, a letter from a listener. It comes from Margie on Instagram. Um, hi, Margie. Margie, uh, what's she, going on? <laughs> she wants to know how confident the Democratic Party is in uh, Joe Biden getting a second term.
2: Basically, Biden has done a great job with setting the course, following through, ignoring the extremes, ignoring Elizabeth Warren, ignoring Katie Porter and her supercuts perm, like ignoring the simple goddamn fact- whiteboard. Seriously, the whiteboard. <laughs> can we talk about the whiteboard for a second? Yeah. Like like it's a whiteboard. People act like it doesn't like it's the tesseract from all the marvel movies it's just a whiteboard you can get it at home depot i live up the street i can can get you one
1: like my thing is it was it was you know it was quirky it was novel like the first couple of times but it's it's become a shtick and now it's like can you can you can do all this without the props like there's no need for all the theater
2: it went from being clerks to being clerks too like oh we're still doing this oh
1: Hmm. that's that's i like that that's a that's a good
2: (laughs) like it was like quirky indie 90s movie and that quirky indie 90s like coffee shop that started selling like seattle's best coffee like oh where's the regular stuff like the exotic stuff no no we decided to go with a chain and it's She's tiring like and what Biden has done is he's minimized and he's excluded these folks and focused on the task at hand. He's put smart people in position. The Democrats should be confident because I truly think that Biden will get a second term if he wants one. If he doesn't want one, listen, we're coming out of wallets I and mean bank accounts, going to the credit union because we know who's next oh i'm
1: ca- i'm cashing out my 401k
2: seriously like. I'm, I'm gonna take up gambling on the straight i'm like i'm gonna take up like uh, shooting dice in alleys but i live in wisconsin we have no alleys, so i'm gonna take up <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna take up gambling and take all this money all of it because we know it's about to happen and yes. we are here for this
1: absolutely so the olympics start in like a week right mm-hmm. i think so um are you excited? Are you are you planning on watching at all?
2: I've been an Olympic fan since, oh my God, uh 1980, like the miracle on ice. I was like the only black dude, the only black to actually watched hockey. And I was excited. I've been a I've been a fan forever. I'm excited about every Olympics. I'm excited about all the events, gymnastics, because one, I don't have that kind of ability to do flips and stuff. <laughs> and it's always intriguing to watch that level of athleticism. And Simone Biles on me we need to watch her do everything like uh, she could be the cereal box and i'm sitting there watching it like
1: oh absolutely
2: uh the track and field the not so much the basketball because it's pretty much the same but like all the events even archery even like everything i am here for all these events because it's exciting the olympics will always be fun summer winter and i've never told this story on a podcast before i'm gonna sit there and tell you i have had an interaction with an Olympian.
0: <gasps>
2: do tell, do tell. Now, this was about twenty-four years ago. I lived. I'm from Hartford, Connecticut, and the U.S. Skating Center is in Simsbury, which is like forty minutes up the street. So one night we're at this place, bar long closed, and there was a there was a crowd of people, and we noticed this Olympian, this person, little blonde, drinking, like vodka, like seriously strong vodka just and she's had to be no more than like like sure i'm i'm 5'11 i'm a big dude but she was tiny and I'm like oh okay walked up to her introduced myself she said who she was Bayul. shut up that same night she got arrested for getting in a car accident
1: oh my god that was that night okay
2: February of '97.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I remember that. And her and her entire entourage could drink. Good God! Like, ooh. I'm sitting there drinking my little uh, uh Jaeger shots. These people are pounding vodka like it is Seven Up on a Saturday afternoon <laughs> in Tuscaloosa. Good God! Mm. Good Lord. And but no, like there are a lot of skaters go down to Harvard, and it's just that was the one Olympian. She was cool. It just she was fun and just there was a lot of people around it was cool and she wasn't 21 so that was an issue but she got, i think she got one of the things <laughs> i saw her get arrested for that night was driving excessively fast if i do remember it i've never heard of that before i thought wow. it was i was speeding it was driving excessively fast i mean did they delve deeply into the into laws for that but i i think she left like she left skating not shortly after that but She's in her 40s now and apparently just kind of happy.
1: Isn't she... She was a commentator for a while, too, wasn't she?
2: hmm
1: I feel like I remember seeing her at, like, the Worlds or something.
2: doing. And what, it. and what killed me was that even though I saw in that, you know, that one moment, even had the brightest eyes I have ever seen in my whole life. Just, oh. Because they were, like, striking. When she looked at you, these big eyes and this little body, I'm like... <laughs> I mean... I mean, I mean, one of the people, one of her friends was fine. Like, I'm not sure if she was a skater, but she was, I think there was a language barrier, but (laughs) I was about, I was about to start reading some Cyrillic, like reading that stuff from right to left. Mm I was about to get right.
1: Do you, do you feel like, do you, do you feel like, uh, like the vibe of the Olympics will be different this year? um, Because Japan's gone into a state of emergency with COVID. So they're not allowing spectators. Do you, do you think the vibe will be different this year or will it still carry that same kind of excitement?
2: I think it will be different because part of Olympics is the the crowd, the people from different countries, seeing the different flags, seeing how people have that sense of athletic nationalism that is like they feel pride in their country. And that's part of, part of it. Like like I said, I remember Carrie Strug when she you Know on that, oh, yeah, hit
1: that vault in Atlanta, hit
2: hit that vault in Atlanta. Dudes, straight up street dudes in bars, hey, bro. Like she said, then, like, they know her name, like, yeah, that little white girl's that they're doing flips, and she hurt. People were clapping for her. I'm like, these people wouldn't know a a salto from salt pork.
1: So you you are a man with very strong food opinions. That's the most political way I can put this. Um. So I gotta know, um, what did ketchup do to you, man? Like,
2: as I said, when I was a little boy, uh, I took a tour of a ketchup factory, and the smell—I uh, can't do the smell. Like if somebody makes a burger, if we're if we're out, if I'm out and we have a burger and it's ketchup on it, I'll eat it. I won't make a complaint because I'm not gonna sit there and be the person to sit there and complain to a waitress and get salty because they got on. I'll eat it fine. Just I won't but I'm not gonna put it on myself and I'm not gonna put it on fries. I mm, it just the smell ketchup and Kansas City Barbecue are the two worst, biggest American food abominations ever. I would rather eat a snowball, like one of those hostess snacks, and eat ketchup or Kansas City barbecue. Well,
1: that's just because those snowballs are terrible.
2: Oh my God, they're, they're the worst just... things ever.
1: I ugh. So, what, as far as food goes, what
2: else are absolute no's for you? I don't like sushi. I like my sushi fried, which means I like fried fish. I don't not, su- like, I don't hate it. I just, you know, I grew up, my, my grandma was Southern. Her accent was thicker than, you know, cold peanut butter. And she had a thing about fish fries. It was just one of her things. I Sushi's a no. Um, actually, like chitlins and liver and onions. Nah, that's those, those are no's to me. And tripe, no. Like, I don't need to have something on my mind that looks like something that was on somebody else's mind. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm a pass on that one. But basic things like that or people who overcomplicate things like you're a southerner you know quality mac and cheese right yes do we need to put artisanal cheese and all this nonsense in mac and cheese no and mac and cheese i watched an episode of chopped it was a mac and cheese themed everything they made with mac and cheese pretty much was on a stove i had to turn the tv off and cry like there was like Sarah McLachlan, that song with, with like uh, <laughs> uh, dogs in the background crying. I had that. I had that type of mood. I was listening to like, like it was like that, that depressing, like mac and cheese is never belongs on a stove. It doesn't. And, and sweet tea. Mm-mm. I'm not saying I need full on diabetes tea, but I don't need unsweetened tea. Unsweetened tea is the worst thing ever. I moved here 17 years ago. The first place I went was the, I'm like, do you have tea? Oh yeah, we got unsweetened. What you gonna make me some unsweetened oatmeal too? Gonna have some unsweetened peanut butter on top of it. What's wrong with you? No, Mm-mm. unsweetened tea is the devil.
1: I will. I will agree with that. There are there are actually places in the South that you know you ask for sweet tea and they bring you there's a glass of unsweetened tea and like a little carafe of simple syrup. And I'm like, that's, that's, that's not what I asked for. (laughs) Like if, if I wanted dirty leaf water, I'd go drink out of the gutter.
2: Like, exactly. Exactly. You know how, like you're a Southern, you are used to quality food no matter where you go. I live in Wisconsin outside of beef, outside of like bratwurst, venison, cheese and beer, Mm. and like great breakfast food otherwise because the italian food there's like one place in town that's great italian otherwise the italian food is bad it is bad it is it is henry hill ray leota and goodfellas saying that he wanted a plate of spaghetti and sauce and it was like egg noodles and ketchup
1: (laughs) so let's uh put an end to this debate once and for all sugar on grits
2: Man, listen, no, like, sugar on grits is an abomination to me. Like, I am pro shrimp and grits, scramble eggs and grits, little pepper on grits. If I see sugar on grits, I judge people morally, just like sugar and spaghetti sauce. Because I have people who will come to my mention and say, well, you know, uh, my grandma from Italy did that. Well, I was taught Italian food by my friends Nona, and she would probably reach down from the great beyond with a giant wooden spoon and crack me in the back of the head. <laughs> if I ever endeavored to put sugar in tomato salt, especially on grits, no grits. Mm-mm.
1: See, I'm a, I'm a fan of like, get your fried egg, mix it with your grits, crumble up some bacon, throw it in there. A little salt, a little pepper. I'm mean, scent stuff. Yeah. But like I, the idea of grits being a sweet dish is not not okay
2: grits is a savory it could be but it's sweet no it's just because that's farina that's cream that's cream of wheat that's oatmeal yeah like every container i've had a grits never had a black dude in the box <laughs> mm-mm. there's no uncle ben there's no cream of wheat man there's no no mm-mm. and people like to Like I said, people like to get real weird with food as far as, oh, this is my deconstructed hamburger. Yeah, see it's ground beef.
1: Right. I don't I don't get that. Like not everything needs to be deconstructed. Not everything needs to be served on like a toilet seat lid with a shovel to eat with. Like this this whole movement of like deconstructed holly hobby rustic food is it just it's insane to me because it's like, just cook the fucking food and put it on a plate and give it to people. Like they're still going to eat it. You can still charge, you know, $75 for fish cracklings under, you know, your fish and chips, like.
2: Exactly. And what, what kills me is this, like we grew up, we had humble beginnings and, you know, I've always been told that make decisions around a meal, every decision Big decision I've ever made was around a meal, like whether to move to Wisconsin, get married, get divorced, whatever. Like, it is, it's a, like food's important. Like, yes, you need food to live, but you also want food to taste good. And I'm kind of past the point in life being forty seven that I'm really not going to have subpar so food. No, I, I mean, mm-mm, this is not what we're doing right now. And I have little kids, and my my children. They like what they like, and they have diverse and divergent food tastes, but I work hard so they won't have to struggle and just say, you know what, we're going to sit there and eat this same meal every day. Uh-uh. And food should be an event, and to me, food is important.
1: See, I have a friend who has a son, and the only cheese that he will eat is Jarlsberg. Oh. And I'm like you that's got to be the bougiest three-year-old like on the planet like and like this little kid can't you know can't speak got a sucker stuck through his shirt but like you try to give that kid a grilled cheese with like craft singles on it and he'll go jarlsberg what the fuck
2: my daughter is seven years old and a nonverbal autistic, but she has a food connoisseur where I have a cheese drawer. Living in Wisconsin has made me kind of a weird with cheese. I have a cheese drawer. You have your shredded. You have your wheel. You have your block. You have your wedge. And Munster, I'll make her a grilled cheese with pepperoni. Now, her pepperoni has to come from the deli. They can't come from the package because she won't eat it, which is so it'll come with pepperoni it'll come with shredded munster put it on two pieces of texas toast you have never seen a child that happy in your whole life you think i invented fire i'm like and she just has it this 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 gleam and for me as a parent just as a human being exposing folks be it kids friends to different food food is the one it could be a unifier because we all like to eat i like to eat
1: I will say that um, that deli pepperoni though it hits different.
2: It does hit than different the stuff in the
1: package. <laughs> <laughs> now like I will I will fuck up one <laughs> of those little bags of pepperoni that you get at the grocery store. Like that's snack food, but like deli pepperoni is 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 special. Like,
2: like it is because when she has her eggs in the morning, because she eats eggs when I make her eggs, it is just like okay either it has deli pepperoni or it has salsa, salsa verde has to be salsa verde. Like, like, and she'll just put salsa verde. She'll sit there with a bowl of salsa verde and just chips and just. Meanwhile, my son is, he has embraced the inner cariness of his Wisconsin, you know, birth and bland food. He likes (laughs) bland stuff. I'm like, who raised you? (laughs)
1: Okay, so towards the end of every episode, I like to ask my guests um, about 12 random questions. Um, Some of these were submitted by listeners. Uh, Some of them I found on the internet and thought they were funny. Um, So first one, you just opened your web browser. What's the first site that you go to?
2: Google. Google?
1: Okay, all Mm -hmm. right. Um, we kind of covered this already, but, uh, sweet tea or lemonade.
2: Can we, I don't know, Palmer that?
1: Absolutely. Why not? All bets are off. So what is the most random, terrible thing that you've watched all the way through on Netflix?
2: Oh my God. Um, random, terrible. There was a movie. I saw it in a movie theater. It was called My Idiot Brother with Paul Rudd. I saw this movie in Orlando about seven years ago and I saw I watched it again to just just to make sure it wasn't bad. I would much rather have went to the hardware store and bought some paint and just painted a random spot in the wall and watched that son of a bitch dry. <laughs> it was so terrible. I, I I didn't laugh the entire way through. It was a comedy. I'm like, oh, that's that's not really funny. It just like my soul went to sleep. My soul snored during this movie.
1: Pancakes or waffles.
2: Pancakes. Pancakes is a thing. Like you see how much breakfast we would I post? I like breakfast anytime. Pancakes make me happy. And just it's funny when I went to a place last week and I was like, okay, I'm gonna order three pancakes. I forgot that in Wisconsin, three of anything is like that thick a pancake. I could it took me three different sittings to eat this pancake.
1: Good lord. But see, you know the pancakes are good when they've got like the crunchy edges.
2: Oh yes. That's
1: that's how you know they're
2: made, right? The the opposite of nina turner good edges great <laughs> presence
1: uh renaissance fair or sci-fi convention
0: Ooh,
2: i like both um i like a good rent fair because i like a good turkey leg and i like a great jousting and you know and younger me liked a. Uh, see the ladies in (laughs) tight clothes and looking kind of hot for like 1642 but sci-fi convention like makes me embrace my inner nerd like i like sports so i'm in i'm i'm a nerd at heart and it's like i like a little bit of both that's hard
1: okay all right um do you have an unusual celebrity crush like somebody that when you bring it up people are like what the fuck is wrong with you
2: a couple amy lee lead singer from evanescence now
1: no i get that i get that though
2: like she's she's vampire hot yes and her voice and she's like five one and what people don't know is like she's from arkansas she's a southerner really she had her formative years in little rock arkansas and her ann wilson from heart ann wilson's 70 years old i'm like because she can sing i'm like it's it's that voice absolutely and I'm sorry, she still can get it at seventy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, underwear always on or only when you have to?
2: Uh, on because playing sports is like you don't want like sweating, and then after sports you go to a bar. I'm like, eh, sitting on a bar seat like on commando—that's hard. That's tough. Sweater or hoodie? Hoodie. Sweaters, I I didn't like I didn't like sweaters because one. It makes me look like I just stepped out of a a Boys and Men video in 1992. (laughs) And hoodie is universal. It is, it's comfortable. You can wear, I will wear a hoodie all the time.
1: Okay. Um, If you were going to the movies uh, by yourself, what would be the perfect film that you could watch? Any movie in the world?
2: Oh, that is a, damn, that's a good question. I would say, Who. um... Either, huh? Life with Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence is one. Um. Ooh, that is, that's a tough one. I would ooh. uh the perfect movie. There are so many. Um. The what is it? Uh Gaga and Bradley Cooper. I want to say it's I, I always. As far as born. Yes. At heart, as petty as I am, I am kind of a simp when it comes to like. You know what? I like a good love story. Okay, it made All me right. happy. And that one wasn't a great love story; it was tragic. But Gaga, from that point on, became one of my favorites. Just damn, she can act, and
1: she is actually a really good actress.
2: Yeah, and she cares. Like, there was a Facebook group that when she was in college, her friends started a Facebook group called. Stephanie Germanotta will never be famous. They had 12 members. This was when she was at NYU. And I'm like, she made $300 million. And those people are probably beer guts and mom jeans somewhere in, in Jersey. And she never listened to doubters. And I respect her. Do you wash
1: your legs in the shower?
2: Every day. I mean, <laughs> listen, man, like there, there are two loofahs. There's the upper body and there's the lower body. And I, am, and I wash my face with a washcloth. So what touches the face doesn't, or what touches the face doesn't touch anything else. What touches everything else doesn't touch the face. Wash my legs like it's my job. Exactly.
1: All right. Uh, pool or ocean?
2: Ooh, um, I'm in Wisconsin, so I've got around being pools and it beats Lake Michigan, so it smells like fish. Uh, ocean. I miss being, I miss salt air. The, the the sea breeze and just the fact that you can go down and get seafood, whatever you want.
1: Okay, nude beach or not
2: a chance? Oh, nude beach! Oh, I've been to a few of those, and I—I I mean, there's one in Florida. There's one in in Rhode Island. Not in the high. Just hey, I mean, these. This is what people are born with. This is what people have. This is what people have become. This is what it is. What it is.
1: <laughs> All right. Um, so we've got about a minute or two left. Um, so tell everybody where they can hear your podcast and where they can find you on social media.
2: You can find me at T Tequila. That's capital T, capital B, capital T and tequila. You can find our podcast on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find mediocre podcasts. There we are.
1: (laughs) Your podcast is far from mediocre, (laughs) sir. Um, listen, I have had so much fun today um you know as always you are welcome back anytime you want
2: man it is my pleasure for greg you do a hell of a job with i am proud that all your content is always top shelf and elite and i'm proud to see the moves you made my man i i follow i uh the a uh, petty headlines i have to get my mug game up i got one mug right now <laughs> I'm, I, I'm working on it but keep doing the good work we're all behind you and you do a hell of a job love you my man Thank you very much, sir. We'll talk soon. All right, man.
0: If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. If you didn't enjoy this episode, why the fuck are you even still here? If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email us at don't make this weird pod at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at SB83Productions, on Instagram at SpringBreak83Productions. Don't Make This Weird is a Spring Break 83 production.